Hi. Hi. If you like the podcast, if this, if you like this podcast, if you already know you like this podcast, um, you could come and support us on Patreon and then you can join our Slack. It's patreon.com slash grand podcast. And it's just like a little mini donation. And we're, we're very creative. We'll think of very good things to do with that donation. But it's a, it's a show of support. It's a, something that helps us, you know, grow, justify this to our others and justify it to, our, to those, those, you know, in terms of time, in terms of how much time we spend on it. Uh, but yeah, just that's patreon.com slash grand podcast. Are you thinking about anything people could look at this week i'm thinking about restaurantsbrighton.co.uk forward slash food hyphen gifts hyphen sussex where you can order yourself some sussex deliciousness to keep some of these independents going during these covid moments hmm. um can hmm. i ask you a question about uh why Please don't you do. say why don't you say dash instead of hyphen you'd save six three syllables <laughs> in that url so you could, if you want to get there quicker, go to restaurantsbrighton.co.uk slash food-gifts-sussex. That sounds very fast punchy. and efficient. So punchy. <laughs> um, I am a very uh, successful businessman. I have a business, you can tell, because I'm in my early 40s and white and don't work for anyone else. I'm a very successful businessman. I have a company called Good to Hear. I am interested in not being a f**k boy that just feeds <laughs> off your addictive, like creating apps that are just addictive and farm your attention for ads. I am actually trying to do something that helps you genuinely. And in exchange, all I ask is the tiniest amount of money for the app that I spend hundreds of thousands of hours working on. So it's just like a new, imagine that as a new business model for business, not being an asshole and farming people's attention out and squeezing them dry and doing things that aren't any use to them, trying to make something useful. That's what I'm trying to do. So uh, if you want to get on that train and just get introduced to what I'm doing, go to goodtohear.co.uk slash free, whence you will get a free ebook all about tracking happiness and will join my mailing list, which is all about lots of other things around that subject. Goodtohear.co.uk slash free. Welcome to Michael Inavanka's Grand Podcast! Weekly podcast on the state of the universe. My name's Michael Forrest. Wow, the universe. You, yeah, I've expanded. <laughs> now I'm Ivanka Magic. Ivanka Magic. And we've, we, I've just expanded the scope to the universe because I'm just... Gosh. We've got to get out of here. This is... Enough is enough. Um, okay. This week we're going to talk about the cult of efficiency, by which we mean to say... This and, and and basically in terms of the public sector, in terms of the sort of po basically poisonous effect that the idea that making things more efficient is an effective way to run emergency services or services for people, you know, to help people when they're in trouble. And all of the problems with the, the, the limitations of 
adaptability that you have when you optimize for efficiency, the limitations in the ability to respond to new problems that you create by being very efficient and thinking about everything in terms of optimizing how much money is coming in and going out. I think the cult of efficiency, I will posit that the cult of efficiency is inhumane mm. and is actually inefficient. Mm. Very. I don't know well, how I'm going to make that argument, but you know, let's see. That's where I. That's where I stand. We can talk about the cost of poverty and all that kind of thing. How much more it yep. costs when you, you know, false economies, all that kind of thing. Yes. And Making it, one thing more efficient does not necessarily mean that the, uh, the overall thing runs well or is efficient. Mm. And why? Why do we want to be efficient anyway? Yeah. Exactly. What's so good about that? And Who said that's a good thing? You know, capitalism thinks it's a good thing. Well, and just that whole thing of capitalism supposedly being a highly efficient way to do things, when actually there's loads of ways that you can expose its massive inefficiencies um, in terms of bullshit jobs, for one, and many things around that. Um, OK, there we go. That's an intro. If you're not hooked by that, then I don't know. I don't know what will you. <laughs> How's it going? Today, I picked a carrot out of my oh, garden, God. rinsed it and ate it. Rinsed it? Rinsed it under the tap because it had soil on mm. it, earth. Was it all hairy, so that carrot hair, green carrot hair? It wasn't super hairy. No, no. I mean, as in like uh, the, 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 the stem coming oh, yeah. out the top well, it, of it. Was that oh, deliciously... Yes. Yes, abundant. yes, yes. But that was delicious. I meant. I thought you meant because carrots have those tiny little hair roots. Yeah, little tiny hairs. Okay, no. It. I had. It had plenty of green hair, uh, but it was not overly rooty or hairy. It was deliciously crunchy and lovely, mm. and we. And that was that was a great little activity that I did this morning ahead of recording the podcast. Can I let you in on a little secret? What is it? I bloody love carrots. Oh my gosh, a food thing that Michael and I can agree on. <laughs> you can just, they're just like crunchy enough that you can munch away on them and just uh, with no impact to any sort of, uh, uh, the, yeah. the calorific value is limited <laughs> given how, how much crunch you can get out of them. They are and glorious, yes. If And be, because of the way I'm wired, I have to just state my only criticism of carrots is that you eat, <laughs> if you eat too many, yeah. your teeth start to hurt because there are some sugars in there, I've noticed. So I have to sort of curb my carrot intake sometimes I've just no, to avoid that. I have never eaten carrots to such excess. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, no carrot has ever made my teeth hurt. But, you know, OK. Uh, so, yes, we're, we're excited. I plant, This is the first time I have grown carrots from seed. I was probably a bit little heavy-handed with the seeds and have not thinned them out. <laughs> so, um, and there's been some... Even, despite advice from a good friend who said, I know it feels wrong to be killing living things, but thin them out. And I just couldn't, so I didn't. And so we're wait- we've been waiting for them to grow. Um, and uh, Nick is refusing to pull them out because he's like, oh, they're not ready yet, they're not ready. But this morning I just went in and it was worth it. We're quite lucky Excellent. at the moment. The garden's really becoming a grocery store of... We've got... Swiss chard, curly kale, cabbage, courgettes, 
uh, what else we've got? Ca- carrots now. Small mm-hmm. carrots. But, you know, mm-hmm. we've got basil, we've got parsley, we've got uh, coriander. We're just like... How's your rosemary? Have you got rosemary? I've got loads of rosemary. I've got a whole rosemary. Well, we hedge. just cannot get our flipping rosemary to, grow, rosemary to grow. We just can't. It's just... One just died and the other one's just like... It's just sort of looks a bit sick and it's been exactly the same size for several months now. Like, since last summer even. And it's just... Uh, what? And then we look down the road and there's these bushes... Enormous bushes of rosemary, and you're like, where on that rosemary? Have you fed it? Fed it? We've yeah. tried all sorts. I don't know. Maybe we should feed it more. What with? Go, I, bu- I bought for my... For my uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know that that does anything good, I think. Um, I, would, uh, I would recommend one of these liquid foods mm-hmm. that you then put in your watering can, dilute it, and water it Gardening's, gardener's question time. Too much gardening. Too much gardening talk. <laughs> Every week. Michael and Ivanka's gardening podcast. <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, how are you, Michael? How's your week? Sharon had some days off, so I took did some half days again and took a couple more days. Just like I've been feeling sort of like a bit demotivated on everything and just wanted to give myself a bit of space to figure some things out about what... Because I've sort of... feel like I've done, a, like, the three mo- initial months of promotion on my... I'm all just thinking about work on my apps and just not really seen any anything yet. But the one nice thing that happened this week was I, I was like, I could make that into an Instagram ad. And I made an Instagram ad and people have actually been clicking on it and signing up for my mailing list. And it's maybe costing me like 25p per person. So if some percentage of those buys an app at some point or doesn't just immediately unsubscribe from my list or, you know, starts to buy into what I'm talking about, then maybe that's the thing I'm looking for. You know, you sort of want your... If you can make more money than you're spending on advertising, then that's a machine that you can pump more money into and hopefully that that, that goes somewhere. But yeah, this, this is things having got paid last week uh, off all of these crazy pandemic shoot sales. Um, I did buy some new music gear and then I just yesterday bought one more thing. And I am commit, dead, committed to selling some old stuff, but I ordered uh, this other thing. So I've got some new music gear coming in. <laughs> which is exciting and my studio is looking very studio-y and um, all the stuff sort of plugged in and easy to record and so I, I'm just looking forward to making some songs uh, still uh, but I, I feel like I'm doing a lot of thinking about it and then when it actually comes to doing it I'm like I get that I'm sort of a bit scared of it I think I'm a bit scared of my music equipment <laughs> anyone would be any normal person would be confronted with it Efficiency is sounds like a nice thing. It can be. Inefficiency certainly seems like a negative thing. Yes, inefficiency certainly negative. I think efficiency is definitely feels like a positive thing because and I think the implication is so for example in the context of me working at the moment where I'm working sort of eight to six most days I've got I've probably said yes to uh, I've had a bit of overlap on a project on two projects and so I'm having to put in a few extra hours 
and I'm enjoying myself. I love what I do. I am feeling incredibly inspired by at least two of my projects, which is brilliant. Um, but when I sit down at my desk, I have to, you know, efficiency is a useful word. Like, why am I chatting to, do I need to talk to this person? What is that about? Do I need to do that? When do I have to do sort of, but then, you know, I think that's prioritization. And for me, when I'm looking at how to be efficient, there's something about making sure I have the space to think on the things I need space to think about. So mm. I think, you know, you can be efficient on, I don't know, getting dressed in the morning or, you know, the things that actually aren't, well, for me personally, I, I, I'm, you know, I don't sit there doing my makeup. I'm never wore makeup. I don't, I don't groom excessively <laughs> in the morning. So it's like, just quickly, what am I going to wear? Do that, Bob. And then, so, but then sitting down and contemplating my day whilst I time box it, I don't rush myself through it because mm. I need to set myself up properly. Yeah. So, and there's some, yeah, there's some, there's sort of a needless inefficiencies. Like if you, you know, had all your clothes in the other end of the house and you had to keep walking yeah, backwards and exactly. forwards or like not learning keyboard shortcuts and then you're sort of sitting there like, taken ages to do everything anything because yeah. you which you could just be doing a lot more quickly there's loads yeah. of ways that you can yeah there's a lot of sort of needless inefficiencies um i feel like i've i feel like one of my greatest source of inefficiencies has been like the focus switching thing and having different things on the go or like working in my day job and then sort of having a side project and finding it hard to switch into the side yeah. project mindset and i feel like i've solved that with <laughs> I feel well, like I've yeah. solved well, focus I, switching. Context switching is 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 hard because there's mm. a there's a lag. Yeah. <laughs> while your brain catches up. Yeah, with. yeah. So just because I think just because inefficiency is tarred with a with a negative brush and efficiency is tarred with a positive brush, it doesn't mean that everything that is efficient is good and it doesn't mean that everything that's inefficient is bad yeah so you were saying like yeah like there's no you can't meditate more efficiently no like you can't give yourself space more efficiently you can you can sort of like be efficient around that and say okay i'm going to start here and end here um yeah. but you wouldn't like oh i'm just going to try and make these this meditation more I'm just, or like exercising even i'm just going to run more efficiently does that kind of no yeah, yeah. it's sort of like it's all about the time you're putting in um i wonder what other With, things yeah. there are but i think even mm. like some of the things like the way we travel mm. like you know the way we buy food you know so much bad has been created in the world so much rubbish so much pollution in the name of efficiency mm. you know ready meals that aren't very nice (laughs) or that that you've taken no pleasure in preparing Mm. or that you you know okay we all have those I mean I I buy I I do buy ready-made pastry (laughs) I confess but you know but taking the time to I don't know prepare a sauce for pasta rather than buying it out of a jar or I don't know this yeah and it's and 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 in many uh, in many times it's those those things we sacrifice in the name of the name of efficiency are where life happens that's what human existence really is cooking and preparing and hanging out in favor of no you need more time in front of your spreadsheet you need more time like being in the office 
um, having meetings, uh, doing all that kind of thing that the, the, the market values and you must sort of optimise everything else away. Like when you have, uh, you're just taking taxis here and there because, you know, and it yeah, does generally speed, speed. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the things that people say are like, you know, transport, I think, is a really good example mm. because walking I think things like walking between meetings, walking across London, even if it's going to take you half an hour to walk, I think versus, oh, look, we can hop on the tube. We'll be there in 10 minutes. Yeah. But if I walk, not only have I had some exercise, I've relaxed, I've you know, probably calmed my brain yeah. down, had some processing time, moved. Like, you know, what about the efficiency around that sort of, um, you know, those kind of activities that perhaps take longer in time though arguably often don't yeah like cycling is no well, is probably more efficient than num- using public transport <laughs> the number of times i've seen the rest of my team has got into a ta- into an uber to come back to the office and i've just got on my bike and you know i'll see you when you get here 10 minutes after me For like me, yeah. uh, <laughs> but then i i suppose like when we're talking if we're going to do maybe semantics is a useful thing here mm. because like when people say efficient, they what are they, they're talking about, you know, we, we, we translate that into time. So we translate that into mm. faster. We translate that into, um, I don't know, less distance covered. But usually it's time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's But really time. all it means is Also because, cost, you know. Like. Yeah, co- yeah. But then, but both of those things are really, they're not, efficiency really just translates into maximising profit. Yeah. It's like if we spend less time doing a thing then and we sell our time, then that's more cost effective or there's more we can do more things in the time that we are being paid. Yeah. Uh, we can because that's what we're measuring. We're just measuring time. We're not measuring the the creative value of the output or the I don't know, the impact on the planet or the amount of rubbish that got created or, you know, do you know what I mean? Well, so, when you so hear about th- the companies adopting a four-day work week and getting more done, because a lot of what is done in an office is mucking about and, like, counting, sort of wasting time. But because, I don't know, because you're there so much that, like, there's no way to sort of survive without yeah. like that, that so there's that good post about how meeting pointless work meetings are a form of therapy so you're just kind of like having a meeting to just try and like make some space and show your status and sort of just talk to other people about yeah. the, the the world it's not really about and so you can get very frustrated about the inefficiency of too many meetings but it's that's to forget that i mean the reason they're there is to sort of try and beat back cancel out how sort of oppressive the the sort of work day working for a living really is but but i think you know i said in the intro i used i was talking about being humane because mm. the examples we've got are all very sort of middle class you know white collar yeah. job examples of yeah. efficiency but like you know where it becomes and we can fight them because we can go yeah, yeah whatever i'm walking yeah. <laughs> don't do tubes don't fly don't you can make these claims because you have some sort of professional status Mm. and somebody's hired you because for a reason whatever you you have like that that amazon post you know the guy who who resigned from aws it's like you know you you have some power but then if you're going to be like the person working on a production line and you know you hear these stories about grown women wearing nappies because they don't get enough time to go to the loo i mean you know that's where efficiency becomes an evil inhumane tool mm. so and i think that's where it's you know that's where yeah, you have that's to where be it causes problems 
I, I'd quite like to explore a bit more of the the inefficiencies that can rile us up because um, I may have mentioned before, but I did once work in the government housing department for Newham Council, and I was infuriated by the inefficiencies there. Um, and that they had this backlog of thousands of applicants for social housing. My my problem was that the systems that they were using were just completely incapable of sort of supporting any kind of workflow that would allow anyone to get through anything. But now I talk about it, I'm like, well, maybe the maybe the system wasn't the weak point. But just the fact that there was this con- perception that people were trying to sort of like get one and and they will happen like people are trying to find a way around the system to sort of get through to it and one of the reasons that was able to happen was because there was no like unified you know that you could just create different um personas for in multiple different departments and there was no connection between those so there was no way to sort of like cross-reference anything in people's sort of housing claims and things and that was always the perception that that was one of the reasons that this was out of control now i think i would probably say maybe the reason it was out of control is because there wasn't enough money being put into building goddamn social housing and if you actually sort of (laughs) maybe that would be a better thing and just let let the people working there do their jobs and the human elements of their job. So this is where I think the time efficiency is a positive. It's like what, you know, when you said, you know, have putting your clothes on the other end of your house, when you're trying to get dressed in the morning uh, and having to walk all the way, you know, all the way across across your mansion. (laughs) Go back, put on one sock, go back to the walking wardrobe, get the other sock, come back and sit down on the futon, have a quick sip of uh, Nespresso. Go on, I think watching billion porn. The technical... you know, like the technology equivalent of that, what, you know, where time efficiency is very positive is on things like processing claims. You know, if I can speak directly to the, you know, the bank in some way and confirm a payment and confirm an amount or the HMRC can talk to somebody in welfare claims and confirm the amount of tax that was paid over time without having to wait for somebody to, you know, write a memo, (laughs) send it over, get it processed. You know, those things that can be done technically the cutting and pasting from one system into another system all that sort of stuff if it can mean that somebody gets a claim faster if it can mean that the person who would normally be doing the cutting and pasting isn't being slowly destroyed by the mundaneness and the pointlessness of their job then i think efficiency in that regard is brilliant and i'm a great advocate or proponent or one of those words of you know stop getting humans to do things boring shit like that that a computer yeah. can do because it doesn't help anyone yeah and then that reminds me of my nhs emerge um a and e experience where uh, just coming in and that this was where i saw an inefficiency it's like i came in i explained what was going on to one person at a desk they sent me into another room there was no communication. I explained the whole the thing all over again to the next person and went through about six people over the course of that. And um, and it was infuriating. It's like, can you not like write this stuff down somewhere so the next person could just like read it? But I but I wonder, like in an ideal world, it, or maybe the reason it's like that is as to try and make it more efficient is like oh we'll have all these stages of triage and the next person the next person the next person but maybe if there were just enough people you just go okay he's going to look after you and then that person would like deal with you and then deal with the next person instead of this kind of like convoluted chain of sort of custody 
I think that might be one explanation. Equally, I was thinking about that in the in the in that context, making you repeat yourself may be a way of I would you know maybe a way of establishing something like. Um, you know, this person claims that, but let's check yeah, he's if not they were after able some to, free oxytocin. If they were cross-referencing, that would make sense. How do you know they're not? I mean, I'm just... It was pretty clear they weren't. <laughs> Fair do. But I think that we've got, like... But I think that's an example. If I were doing user research... Yeah. I'm not that bothered about the findings of the person who did the screening... I want to have the conversation. I want to work out if I think they're like, you know, I've got some data about the person. So I've got a vague idea of who I'm talking to, but I'm going to test it all if I'm doing a qualitative interview. So I don't think like we could make that process more efficient and I could not repeat the same questions. But most of doing user research is basically an, if you're in a qualitative interview, you've probably been asked the same question about six times so that the so that the researcher can work out, you know, as well as possible what matters of what you've said. So it's not efficient at all um, and by design. OK, but are you really saying that you think that accident and emergency is, uh, well, I'm going to say accident and emergency is a prime example of something that they've tried to make efficient in, or that, that is understaffed presumably in the aid of in the in the name of efficiency in the name of cost cutting and sort of reducing yeah. costs so we're going to have fewer doctors and because maybe it won't rain maybe there won't be any, maybe there won't be any and that is a prime place where you want it to be very inefficient yes. in terms of the number of people that you're employing rather than like trying to turn it into some optimized chain of we're going to just keep kind of passing the, you off and everyone's going to be interchangeable and no one's really going to get any care everyone's going to sit there like shivering and you know f feeling bad for as long as possible whereas if you know if it was a real emergency service it would have lots of people sitting around with nothing to do most of the time like that's what True. it should look like <laughs> it's what yeah. a good emergency service is service maybe, would be maybe not lots of people but quite a few people sitting enough around. people like yeah, yeah. for the worst case like that would be the that would be great or at least some people like on call that can kind of come in you, you know you can tear it however you want but like a good emergency service it's like that these people are going to have to have something else to do while they wait for something to happen or it's <laughs> not really designed it's not an emergency you're not you're just dealing with stuff that you can predict and then what's you know that's a different problem that you're solving there yeah. So the that it might not rain part of the efficiency mm. argument is a is the one that that is the most troubling in yeah. in the context of emergency services or welfare or any of those things which are effectively emergency. I I think you could argue that welfare is an emergency service. Yeah, the whole thing is like if we something bad happens, we want to be caught. We want it's a bit of prote yeah, yeah, yeah. protection from being on the street and having to murder people for their wallets. Like we would <laughs> like an alternative to that in case things get bad in ways that are beyond our control or even ways that we did fuck up. Like we, we should be able to take risk. We're trying to spread the risk across as many people as possible. Um, and that, again, yeah, it's not efficient and it shouldn't be.
in terms of uh, A&E type setting, I don't know enough and I don't know. And I don't have enough figures and I'm making it all up, really. But it seems to me that there is a point at which if you if you narrow everything down so that it is, quote unquote, efficient all you're doing is kicking a problem down the road because by making the access to housing more efficient at a limit, it depends what you're making more efficient. It always depends. Like if you're making it more efficient, the process of getting a no more efficient, Mm -hmm. all you're doing is increasing the problem of homelessness. And then you've got a, you know, how do we make then the process of provisioning houses uh, for homeless people like during covid now many homeless people and rough sleepers have been put into hotels in various Mm. cities but it's a slow process where that kind of thing uh, it's slow because people need to take responsibility there's costs involved there's budgets there's all kind of things but when when if you, and that's because you've made the priority looking at budgets and counting money and counting things instead of the priority being what's the quickest way to get this person off the street and into a safe environment. And, and it doesn't have to be, you know, like we're not talking five star hotels, so we're not talking about waste. Efficiency is not the opposite of wastefulness. Like, yeah, it'd be a waste of money to put everybody up into some sort of like high end, top end luxury hotels, I imagine. But um, but just because we're not wasting money on five star hotels doesn't mean that it's more efficient to have loads of budget meetings and getting sign off on on getting what we're going to do to get homeless people off the streets during an epidemic. Yeah. I think about all this in sort of evolutionary terms, in terms of like, it's just like the adaptation. You can only optimise, you can only become efficient if you adapt to an environment which is stable. So you adapt to, I don't know, you develop a really, really long beak that can fit into a certain type of plant and then that's how you live. But like, you can't really then do anything else with that beak so easily. And now some mite comes into existence, which... um, you know, all of those plants that you usually feed from suddenly disappear and then you disappear as well because you're you're too efficient. And yes, really, yes, yes. it's better to be inefficient, like worse at lots of things in some, and than really highly efficient at one thing because... Um, and this is this is the sort of like the banking sector like it's it's sort of it had stability for long enough that it would start to bring in all of these completely absurd... It was It was just like you know, the subprime mortgages and all that sort of lending and all those like packaging up and packaging up and packaging it up and like deferring and deferring the problem. And it just made it completely fragile. It just made it like topple as soon as that. Oh, I don't know what I'm saying. No, no, I think you've got I think you're right. Like, I think I agree with you in terms of like if you are if you are super efficient. So. The opposite would be a tool that is really, really good or a musical instrument or a piece of technology that is perfect for making this one thing. And that's yeah. brilliant because it's a tool. It doesn't. We're not asking it to be creative. We're not asking it to survive. We're not asking it to do anything. We're just asking it to be a really good, you know, fold-up bicycle like a Brompton is a really good fold-up 
bicycle. It is no good. The Brompton is no good when you suddenly find yourself on a road without asphalt and with big, you know, rocks going across it because mm. it can't, it can, it's only good at the one thing. Whereas yeah. if you're, and your evolutionary example, I think is a really good one because highly specialized species are cannot adapt to changes in the environment at all they can't survive the com- the, the competition because if all that in your hummingbird example with the long beak to get the nectar out that's because they've eliminated the competition for that flower because mm. they've got the best tool for that job you take mm. the flower out of the equation they're, they're competing with everybody else again for all the flowers that don't need a really long beak and the mm. problem it does are all the tool example the the animal example is much more useful i think to humans because if you you if you apply efficiencies to things that are by their very nature unpredictable like emergency health like welfare like pandemic preparedness yes. <laughs> you are you are gonna not have enough ppe yeah and that's exactly and what's and happened. And that's what's happened. And it, our government has been obsessed with efficiency for too long. And yeah, when something bad happened, we were completely ill-equipped. Yeah. Um, efficiency at the cost of contingency. Yes. It's like, you know, if, if I were to run my house... I, I, I am of an age now. Ten years ago, I'd have been in a very different position for sure. Ten years ago, just, I met Nick about ten years ago, and that's sort of that's had an effect on my life. Which one of the net results has been that I now have some savings. I now have I have somebody else we can have a conversation with. Mm, Brexit's coming. What we're going to do? Well, we need to make sure we've got some money here, not do that, and reduce our spending. Da, 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 da. Get ready mm. for a bit of a a problem to occur. But mm. in your um, and I, I, I think that's a luxury position to be in. But if I, as an individual household, can be having conversations about mm, what if something, what if, I don't know, whatever, then the government should be doing that. And it should also be programming in some safety. What if, because after this pandemic, once we've shifted the virus, there is then going to be an unemployment pandemic, yeah. uh, crashed economy pandemic and a probably a mental health pandemic probably i think i think that's a very real potential output of all this and i don't think we've got any slack in our systems or any reserves to help cope with that at all um and that's what the the you know the efficiency over safety is a is the dangerous one and the um and the, the the people that do the most damage tend to be the people that don't perceive that there is a risk of themselves failing. Yeah. So you know that coked up bankers. The one thing cocaine will do is make you just jump into something without considering the risks, and uh, <laughs> will then uh, coked up yeah coked up bankers and wealthy politicians. Inherited yeah. politicians with inherited wealth. I mean, yeah. I remember years about twenty odd years ago having this conversation with my sister. She was like, Do you know what? I think I'm gonna get get rich first, make sure I've got no money worries, and then I'm gonna go into politics so I'm uncorruptible. Mm. And which is a kind of you know, if you if you take that, but I think, and I, I I'd kind of stand a little bit with that argument of you know there there is a, certainly if you're looking at Balkan politics, you know people mm. very much. Definitely, you know, see going into politics as a way to get some extra houses, <laughs> yeah. like shore up their financial reserves uh, rather than to serve the people. Um, 
but then, but then if you take that to this whole inherited wealth gang, this the, this inability to think that I, I I listened to this talk the other day. Uh, I, I was I jo- dialed into this FT live global boardroom thing, and one of the quotes I took from uh, and a post-it note has just fallen off just as I need it. And I've been looking at it for about three weeks now. She's like. We, we all think the impossible can't happen, but mm. the impossible has happened, said mm. the, the editor of the FT in her intro to the global boardroom. It's like if you if you have never seen the, your, your deepest fears come to reality mm. in any form, and, and largely in life, our deepest fears are lack of safety, which are yeah. to do with money. And if that mm. is not a problem for you, you've got a problem, yeah. in my how opinion. Can you how can you How can you serve the people? You, serve the people? Where's my lovely post-it note that reminds me that the world is... So she's... So, yeah, it's like if you... I think that's the number one problem with this efficiency business. Because I think it's inefficiency not to be prepared for your father to drop dead, yeah. un- unannounced well, and unexpected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's my that's my definition. First thing I did, had a child, wills, plans, conversations mm-hmm. about what what happens if one of us drops dead. Because to mm-hmm. me, that is not an impossible situation. That is a very real yeah. thing that happens. People think that the public, that the private sector is more efficient than the, than the public sector. And if you read David Graeber's bullshit jobs, he talks a lot about how most senior level jobs in the private sector are people that don't really do anything. And we'll admit mm. that they don't do anything all day. So the private sector is very good at spending a lot of money on people that don't do anything. I have been recently on a call with, I think there were seven people. Of the seven, two people, and I include myself in that, actually had to have to produce some output that is, you know, like... And everyone else was just counting and writing things down and (laughs) measuring. (laughs) I I found it so exhausting to be Mm. in a meeting. I was like, basically, I've got an audience... Why have I got an audience of people watching me work? I don't want an audience of seven. It was really felt that, and it's much more exaggerated in a remote meeting mm. because, like, you're not all sitting around a table equal. You know, there's very clearly two people talking to each other and everyone else just watching. Mm. <laughs> and then, and Dave, Dave, yeah, he also talks about how these, you know, this is why a lot of this, like, oh, let's outsource this to India like ostensibly in the name of um, efficiency, but really just to give them something to do. 
Because they've got nothing to do. Well, uh, I could do this. Okay, let's do this. Uh, yeah. No, it's, not think about whether or not it's a completely stupid idea. Just do it for something to do. And that's the private sector most of the time. They're trying. Oh, oh, the people with no power in those companies are getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. Meanwhile, the people in the sort of mid-level positions are just like, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's like the, the India arguments usually like, well, our cost per hour for a pro developer based in London is this much. And our cost per hour for a developer based in India is this, but that must be better. Mm, oh, yeah. well, but what about the time explaining to the developer in India what we actually want made? Ah, oh, you know, they just write a document because, mm, you yeah. know, that's a really great way of telling a developer of a, of a designer and a developer communicating about a system <laughs> via love a doc- document. Developers love documents. Oh, I love them. Um, and designers yeah, love so, making them. So, yeah, all this, all this, the conservative argument that the private sector is in any way more efficient than the public sector is pretty easy to disprove. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's not to say that some things can be made more efficient. It's silly to go and get one sock at a time. And then go and yeah. sit down and then go and get another sock. But, you know, it's good to learn to touch type. It's good to learn your keyboard shortcuts. Um, it's good to have systems that support people being able to do the human part of their job well. Because a lot of the time you'll hear people complaining about the system doesn't really have the feels that they need to do their job. Like it's been designed with one idea in mind and it's really hard to use in the way that different people want to use it so um almost i I suppose there's an implicit efficiency in designing a user interface that if you make it try too optimized for one task and you haven't done your user research and you haven't talked to people you haven't actually been able to uh, iterate on it you end up with something that is completely useless to the people using it and you create inefficiencies of everyone having to use bits yeah. of paper and losing bits of paper again because you tried you tried to save money and cut corners when building that system and thus ended up with something that was no good to anyone yeah in the name of efficiency and just as a final point often um a race to efficiency is just is the same as minimizing quality how low can we make the quality of this oh totally um, so no one gets to put love into something because everyone who's counting the beans is obsessed with how low can we get the quality? How can we minimise how much we spend on it? And hence, you know, yeah. so this is what happens. We're just yeah, maximising profits, lowest possible quality we can get away with. <laughs> Next time you hear someone like just casually using efficiency in a way that is synonymous with good, maybe kind of think again and go, actually, maybe this one isn't where you need to be just think of it in terms of is this a thing that needs to have contingencies if it is then don't make it too efficient it can be efficiency getting efficiencies can be fun I will add Mm. this like you know on your commute working out like you know those tips you can share with people that if you stand here on the station then you've only got you know like the door all that sort of stuff but that's fun but that's also about maximizing the amount of time you're going to have at home or with your family Mm. or at work whatever it is you're trying to optimize for so I think efficiency is cool as long as the thing you are trying to be efficient about 
actually is what you want to do. Mm. I would so say efficiency is fun, but it's not the be all and end all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what if I want to walk and get one sock at a time? You know, because I'm trying to up my yeah. steps. What if I'm trying to, you know, so it's about Maybe, it's like, yeah. work out what you're trying to do and then work out which bits need to be efficient. You say that there's no efficiency without sacrificing something else as well. Like, no. uh, like if I am now working from home every day, that's more efficient in terms of travel. But when am I going to listen to my podcasts? Exactly. Big exactly. problem. If you like the podcast, go to grandpodcast.com. Um, Michael's people... made this really efficient button. Uh-huh. That's an orange button. And it doesn't matter what you're on, it will subscribe you on your device in the app. It's and if so it doesn't, efficient. if it doesn't, you need to tell us so he can fix it. Because <laughs> his brief and was very clear that he my gave podcast, himself. <laughs> my podcast editing process is also very efficient. I uh, type in the times that I need to beep out a swear into one document. I copy it. I double export, double click. So I, I gave myself 15 minutes to release the podcast. Now I can do it in like, I can do it in seven minutes sometimes. Trim, trimming out, trimming out. Don't tell him that. You've asked yeah. him for money to cover the effort what, that we put what, into the podcast. What, what that means is <laughs> that... I've made so much more space for things to give to you, listener, for the money that you're going to give us. I don't know. <laughs> Look, I've made it efficient, but well, by making some things more efficient, we've created a bit more space for ourselves to have a chat before we start. And hopefully, exactly. just, you know. Anyway, uh, nice. you can find me uh, good to hear.co.uk slash free, michaelforestmusic.com, all that shibbles. Um, did I ask you about Twitter? No, you can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. That's the best place. Yeah, uh, and um, that all that. And, uh, yeah, subscribe, do stuff. See you next time. Hope you're staying safe and hope everything's not too far. Bye! <laughs> Bye. <laughs>